Hi everyone, you're listening to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Koo, and this is the show where I interview investors to find out how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. Enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Koo, and this is the show where I interview investors and discuss how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. Before we hop into today's show, I want to remind you of today's sponsor. This show is brought to you by PassiveInvesting.com. PassiveInvesting.com is a private equity real estate investment firm focused on institutional quality, multifamily, and self-storage assets in the hottest markets in the United States. PassiveInvesting.com partners with their investors to provide opportunities to build wealth together by delivering consistent monthly cash flow, capital appreciation, and strong tax benefits. They currently have 1,700 plus passive investors with a 65% repeat investor rate. If you're interested in learning more, head over to PassiveInvesting.com or click the link in the show notes. You can get more information on investment opportunities, educational webinars, or insightful articles. Reach out and see how they can help you build wealth through real estate and enjoy the show. Now, for today's guest, she is the founder of Life Mission Capital, where she has established a portfolio of 155 units in less than nine months and even started a real estate investment club with more than 400 members. She came to the U.S. at 16 years old by herself as an exchange student from China. She followed what her family told her to do to be successful and studied hard, came to the U.S. to study for high school, college, and master's, got a good job. She started her real estate journey in 2019. Now, her life was never the same when she saw the impact that commercial real estate investing can have on others and herself. And now, with Life Mission Cap. Capital, she helps busy professionals invest in cash flowing commercial real estate so they can move on to what matters to them most. Please give a warm welcome to Missy Liu. Thank you. Thank you so much, Taylor. That was an awesome introduction. I love your voice. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I love your voice too. You know, and, and it's a pleasure to finally connect. I know we met at a conference in person, but I, I'm glad that we're actually having a uh, a conversation on this podcast. So, so welcome to the show. And yeah, so aside from just the little intro that I gave, I would love to know just how and what sparked your interest with real estate and how you got started in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So I, my family actually has some background in real estate, but it actually didn't push me to be interested in real estate. I actually did the opposite. And that was because my dad, um, built a building in China where I'm from, and that was right before 2009. And then 2009 hit, and economy was bad. And one of the major tenants was a hotel, and it wasn't paying bills. And it got in the court, and the case went on for a few years. And the ca- the property was just not cash flowing. So I thought that would be the you know the most horrible investment you can make to invest in real estate. And I never thought about that. However, when I moved back from Chicago back to Arkansas, I started considering purchasing a first home for myself because real estate prices were cheaper. And just to keep costs down now, so some of my friends wanted to continue to live with me uh, as roommates. I was basically house hacked. Even though it was a baby step in 2019, when I did that, I saw the power of being a landlord and passive cash flows. And I just thought, you know, how can I do this better and faster? And then moved on to duplex and then moved into 
passive investing syndications, actively investing syndications, acquiring large multifamilies, while I continue to learn about powerful ways to leverage multifamily to grow wealth for myself and others. Hmm. Wow. And I th- I think the I mean what, what's what's interesting is that even after seeing your dad go through what he went through in 2008 and then decide to to jump in still instead impressive inspiring and so you know i w- i would love to know then the transition cuz you went from single family then to multifamily afterwards was it a pretty short time frame from what the single family to multifamily yes relatively short yes so <clears throat> what i made sure i did is a lot of education between paid mentors and paid mentors networking groups. I know that there's some of the my friends and colleagues that spoke on your podcast as well. Networking really makes sure I understand the numbers because right now I work in the data analytics side of Walmart and numbers has to really make sense to me. So after I felt like I've read all the necessary books, obviously the learning never stops. And I felt like I've got enough coaching and also have enough support from uh, my partners. I went on to actually acquiring opportunities for me and my investors and also investing passively as well. So that's kind of the transition I made. Uh, real education is key because when it comes to real estate syndications, I'm no longer, you know, house hacking with people just with my own money, primary residence, you know, I can hold forever. There is a specific hold period that we're shooting for. And it's so important that we're playing investors' money safe, right? As safe as we can consider it. So that's the transition I, I made. And there's so much more out there that <clears throat> that's possible. But meanwhile, I'm taking baby steps, partnering with the right people to continue to grow our portfolio and also make sure that we align on our same mission and values while we grow our portfolios as well. Like one of the things, for example, is about financial literacy, like you mentioned earlier in my intro. So we're really wanting to make sure that those people have similar passions as me and um, um, helping others focus on their financial literacy <clears throat> and also passive income as well. So in, in something I wanted to, to clarify, are you, do you still have your W-2 job or are you, still, are you doing this full time now? Yeah, I have a W-2 job with Walmart. Yeah, With Walmart. Mm-hmm. Got it. And, and, and so something that's really, really fascinating to me is the fact that you started this investment club within Walmart because typically like when you know when I was in my W2 job unrelated to real estate I didn't really want to talk too much about it just because I was afraid that they're like oh are you actually doing your job or are you focusing on real estate right and so I kept it like very very hush hush but the the fact that you ended up becoming the founder of this club and then now with 400 members I think is it, it, it it's extremely impressive and so for I'd love to just know how that conversation went and how you were able to accomplish that. Yeah, definitely. You know, having a side hustle while you have a full-time job can be concerning as an employee sometimes or as an employer. But it's also about how to steer that conversation. For example, you have probably groups in your company that host happy hours every other Friday or do yoga classes together or cycling classes together, et cetera, et cetera. So real estate is just another hobby if you really look at it. The only thing that people may be thinking that's different from other things is there is a financial gain from it, but so is other things. You live better, you feel better, you have higher productivity. So we need to change our mindset because at the end of the day, we're equipping people with 
tools to help them live a better future. And when that happens, they actually will have better work productivity. Hmm. So, for example, I know you're a break dancer and, you know, somewhat mm-hmm. retired because you're focused on real estate right now. But if money weren't an issue, you know, I know it's a little bit um, short-sighted to say an issue, but if you had all the money you need in the world, would you be focused on something you're really passionate about? Would you be taking that to the maximum level you can? And would an employee that employs you, or if you have your own company, feel happy that like you put your max towards it because you don't have to worry about roof over your head, your kids' college tuition or whatever. So it's also can be a woman's situation with an employer as well. Plus, with the pandemic, work engagement can be an issue. People are just sitting at home in their pajamas, cameras off sometimes too, and you know, just having Zoom meetings after Zoom meetings while you have kids running around or, you know, you're looking at what's this pandemic really teaching me. You can feel very isolated sometimes. So seeing something that really connects your work, well, that's within your work, connect to your personal life and your future planning can also be very empowering for the workers as well. So there's multitudes of things. And right now it's more of a general club within work that I do, but I would love for that to become an official club within the Walmart. Uh, we have what we call associate resource group. Like we have them for Asian Pacific people, for African American, for uh, pride, for different ones. I would love this to be a group as well because it is a very important component. And in our companies, we will have Merrill Lynch advisors coming and speak. Oh, that's we cool. Have something about real estate, right? Like in my other right. companies I worked for as well. So it's really about providing value to them and seeing, you know, how we can empower associates live better and in turn, how they can work better as well and how the benefit would be for the company as well. That's the approach I took. And that's what I laid out to my HR counterpart and also what I shared with my team as well. And also, I do have a very understanding manager. You know, he's also passionate about real estate. Yeah. And I made it clear to him that, you know, this is on the side, but it doesn't interfere with my work. Obviously, you have to deliver at the end of the day, which can make it challenging because you only have so many hours in the day. But that's the that is the commitment you, you have to make. Otherwise, it could be perceived, you know, differently. So you just have to be, be willing to okay with the risks that could be there, but be excited about the upside as well. Yeah, yeah. And well, I, I respect that you had that conversation with HR and also ran it by them too, because it also shows that you cared about the work that you're doing and the pride, like you had pride and ownership of the work that you were doing and you didn't want to let them go. So it seemed like it was a pretty mutual beneficial relationship between employer and employee while you were focusing on something like your passion. Uh, so yeah, I was I was going to ask how, how that conversation went and if they were okay with it at first or if it took a little bit of time just for them to get warmed up to the idea of it. Yeah, it was it wasn't really much of a warm-up. It was something that, you know, like I said, other people are doing similar things. Right. Uh, it's just a matter of letting letting them know that this is what I'm doing. And if they have a problem with it, you know, let me know. But otherwise it's we're just doing what other things similar to what, what's already happening in the company. Yeah. So there wasn't really a, you know, request for approval and someone level one signs up, level two signs up. <laughs> there, there's no no rigid structures like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it so so in terms of like when the group just started, then I can't imagine four hundred people just flocked the first time 
y'all met, I'm sure it took a little bit of time, but I, I, I was wondering if you can just touch in and dive into at least just that transition then, because I mean, normally if you're working for a W2, you're just investing in your 401k and then that's that. And this whole side of real estate is completely different. So what, what was that experience like? Yeah. So it started with a fairly smaller group because like you said, a lot of people aren't really thinking about investing in real estate. Well, maybe they are just by accident, inheritance, or mm-hmm. uh, well, they just happen to have the extra money and they're thinking about that. <clears throat> so there is, there's a lot of opportunities there. So it started with maybe 10, 15 people showing up for the first meeting. And then we just did more advertising within the company and also really continue to talk about the message we have, like, you know, like what we're trying to do, financial literacy. And uh, word got around, you know, there's part of it, the advertising piece, which we need to continue to grow within the company as well by just kind of advertising outward. But on the other side, we're getting referrals from associates. People are just saying, you know, this is a club I'm attending. You should check it out. And what's cool about Walmart is is also about the level of associates we're having. You know, we could mm-hmm. have associates from that's a vice president. We could have associate that's in the club. Like everyone can benefit from the message no matter where they're at. And we're really here trying to make sure they have the tools, we'll have uh, enough information to take some basic steps, obviously with investments, you know, then what we're providing is information only, and they have to consult with their financial advisors before they take those decisions, but really just trying to be there to motivate them so they feel like, okay, now what's next? And we can do more research, we'll talk to people, take that step as well. Hmm. And you know, now as you were continuing continuing on in this journey and, you know, well, actually before, before that, I, I, another question just popped up. Are you bringing other speakers into this investment club as well? Or is it, it, is it solely mixers? Like what kind of topics do y'all go through? Yeah, it's mostly speakers. We've, we're actually reducing our meeting frequency from weekly to uh, bi-monthly. So twice a month, twice starting a month. next month. Nice. Yeah. And uh, mostly speakers, sometimes we'll have members that may be sharing as well. So it can be topics from taxes to economy to passive investing, syndications, flipping, anything you can think of. Because there's, like I said, there's a wide range of people. You have people who has the time, don't have the money. You have people who has the money, don't have the time. You have people who's like, what is this about? You have people who are younger, earlier in the profession. You have people who are you know, more later in their career and just want to focus on their family. So there's a little bit of everything. We're trying to cater to our audience possible, trying to help them find something that they can get started or keep growing their real estate portfolio so they can have more passive income so they can focus on what matters to them. Are y'all going in person or is this virtual only? It's virtual right now just because, you know, lockdown is still happening in many places and uh, it's too big of a risk for the company as well Ah, to gather in in person. Yeah. Yeah. So it's virtual and surprisingly, you know, it's actually easier because even when you have a huge campus, you know, people walk 10, 15 minutes to a meeting and then walk back, Uh, you know, how big the campus is. But there's definitely plans to be in person, but maybe when this uh, alleviates a little bit better. Well, maybe when now one more new home office is built, uh, we're building a um, new campus. But that w- that could be a few years. So maybe some local meetups. We'll we'll probably continue to do that when weather gets warmer. Mm-hmm. Weather gets warmer, and you know, I'd love to dive into the intention 
than about starting it. And, you know, I, I could definitely attest to some of my own living, limiting beliefs of when I want to start a meetup or a virtual meetup and I feel like I need to know everything. I need to be that thought leader in the first place. I mean, it seems like you're still learning as you're going. So what was, was, what was the purpose and the intention of starting this group? Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, the financial literacy piece is really the major thing because, you know, we want to make sure the club can really keep on going no matter who's mm. on the leadership team. And hopefully we're attracting enough attention that our company's CEO leadership team is going to put serious thoughts into financial literacy. And real estate is just really one piece of financial literacy. There's other topics we can include as well, but right now we don't have the manpower to plan for that and connections to people as well. It just adds another level of complexity. So until that is the case, we're focusing on real estate. Got it. Just providing people with tools that they can continue to have passive income while they work their W-2 job or finding some, you know, helping them have more securities in their life, generational wealth. You know, a lot of those people... They could be investing in something else. I mean, they may not be investing, you know, having something like this is uh, very educational for them. And they're just tuning an hour every week or every other week and they pick up things. And, you know, once they get comfortable, they can start investing, whatever that might be, whether it's house hacking, flipping or passively. So it's really providing them with the opportunity and we want to be there for, for that. Yeah. And. Just out of curiosity, and it's my own curiosity, do I need to work for Walmart to be a part of the club? Yeah, you, you would need to. Where it's a more of a closed club, uh, club, uh, um, not necessarily because of company policy, but just because about the you know like Zoom bombings and different things. Sometimes if we open up, I'm not saying you a Zoom bomb, but <laughs> <laughs> just with, with the more potential security risks. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ah, all right. And yeah, no, this is this is super fascinating. I mean, I wish we had this conversation a little bit earlier when I was in uh, another company related to <laughs> unrelated to real estate, so I could start talking about it and building my base there. But it is inspiring to be able to to see that club grow to what it is, and, and you know, thinking about the potential of what it can be. I think you're doing an awesome job, and it's really cool just to see. Yeah, what it what it's what it stems from, the foundation into what it is now. And so so now moving forward then with life mission capital. And of course, now you're you know looking to raise capital and instill on the acquisition side. What are some of the main focuses for 2022? For 2022, uh, the main focus is to help help more people investing. Uh, passively in real estate because okay. I know a lot of people out there that they want to get into real estate for the tax benefits, the lot more stable returns that we mentioned, but they just don't have the time and the energy or the expertise. So we're looking at helping at least 60 investors to invest in, in the space this year, whether that would be multifamily or another asset class. We've been looking closely at extended stay hotels as well as multifamily is becoming so competitive. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's one thing from an investor side, uh, how we can reach them and how to help them. And the other side, just continue to establish more um, significant uh, partnership as well. We're closely fine-tuned and dialing into some of the relationships. In the past year that I started in the space, 
I have met quite some people, but sometimes it's also about the quality of the people as well, not just the quantity. So continue to dial in with some of the people and see where we can take the relationship to the next level, how we can add value to each other, or how I can add value to them. Sometimes it takes, you know, for you to be around for some time, for you to people for people to realize that you're still around and <laughs> actually work with you as well. Right. So continue to dial in those relationships. Yeah, that's the goal for 2022 and mostly relationships and our investors. And one thing that I don't know if I'm going to get to this year, maybe next year, is more uh, focusing on the financial literacy in China. There is a program I've emailed a few times before called Junior Achievement. I volunteered with them before. They basically teach kids on financial literacy concepts in very fun ways. Hmm. And that's um, that's what I think is the future. You know, you really need to make sure the kids are educated, willing to take risks. So we're, don't just come out of school, be a bunch of robots take tasks, right? Like really how to be right. creative, even within the company, how to take risks, how to take risks in your career, in your investment, calculated risks, hopefully. So I'm really connected mission step, from a mission standpoint to that nonprofit. And I've emailed them a few times about their expansion within China because they're in China, but they haven't um, really expanded to a lot of the provinces. And as you mentioned, my background earlier, like I was taught growing up and um, go to a good school and get a good job. Well, a lot of people in the U.S. also experienced that growing up, but in China, it's just like another level. On a level of 1 to 10, in the U.S., it's maybe like 6. In China, Whoa. it's like a 9.5, right? The reason I say that is it got so many kids graduating from schools and they have to get into college, but not everyone can get into college, so they have to go through this really tough college entrance exam. And if you can only admit, I don't know, 10% of the people that's attending high school right now into college, then you have to find a way to really qualify people and make this exam so hard. And kids are so stressed out because their parents are telling them you have to get this score on the test. Otherwise, you won't have a good future. Otherwise, you can't feed your family. You can't, your life will be destroyed. And then you're going to so, be homeless and then doing drugs on the yeah. street. Exactly. In fact, that's the story. My dad is feeding my brother today. I'm trying to, <laughs> and my brother is like 14. I'm trying to tell him otherwise, but uh-huh. it's hard to, it's hard to inspire him to do that when he's feeding, he's being fed stories like this all the time. You know, there's so much creativity in the marketplace, so many interesting problems we can solve, uh, whether investing or scientific problems or et cetera, you know, just trying to help them find, have better financial sense so they can hopefully make better financial decisions that can help them fulfill what they were created to do and their life mission, whether they know what that is right now. Yeah. yeah. I, so I've been emailing them. So hopefully 2023, um, I think as I'm continuing to build up my company, I may have a bigger impact on them on, on that expansion. What's, what's the name of the person you've been emailing? Oh, I don't know if it's a, a person. It was just more of a contact. Oh, contact in the, like in the contact us section of the Junior Achievement China office. Mm-hmm. Junior, it's called Junior Achievement China office. Yeah, it's Junior Achievement. That's the name of the international nonprofit company, and they have a branch in Shanghai. Okay, got it. Well, this is a message to Junior Achievement in China in Shanghai. <laughs> Answer me, and, and get her, get, have her get on your list and and do amazing things. I don't know what you're waiting for. 
you can you can like clip this and then send it over to them. Whether uh, you know, <laughs> or or I can you know I'll hop onto a call, dear Mister Mister Junior Achievement. Respond to me, see. Let's get this going. Uh-huh. No, but I, I I really am inspired by that because like you know, for me being Filipino, I also had my own battles of trying to warm up my own parents and even just like everybody around me about just thinking about finances in a very, very different way. You know, because I mean they they wanted me to either be an engineer or a nurse. And I tried to go the dancing route and that didn't really happen <laughs> so much. You know, I tried to go the whole Jabberwocky route, that <laughs> or the other side of the Filipinos. I mean, never, never worked out, right? But I think there's it takes a lot of courage to to be able to step out of that. And so when when you stepped out of that, and even though you did have a, a, some somewhat of a familiarity with 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 real estate just from your dad, what was it that really inspired? Inspired you, I guess, just to keep pushing forward, and that this was the right way. Did you have any other friends that were in it, or you know, what got what got you to be so brave? Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't have any um, close friends that were doing commercial real estate, uh-huh. but I did have some friends that were interested in investing. I didn't have the money at the time, so but I was telling them all the all the strategies and stuff. Uh-huh. And then when I actually had the money, I was like, oh, I'll let me try this. And once I started, and I saw the power, and that's why I kept on going. Mm-hmm. And uh, from a personal why standpoint, I mentioned one of the reasons is financial literacy, how you connect to my background. And right. the other piece is I want to have more flexibility and control over how I spend my time, you know, which is a message a lot of people resonate with. For me, I came to this country when I was 16 and every year I spend maybe two to three weeks with my family in China. That's wow. really not enough, especially when you see your parents are aging and you want to spend more time with them. And I have brothers and sisters as well and just want to see them grow up a little bit as well. So how do I can take control of my financial and my time in a way that, you know, I don't have to do certain things because that's my only source of income uh-huh. uh, where I can have more flexibility. So that's also another another reason as well. Mm. And if you don't mind me diving in just a little bit more, is the goal then to also bring them from China over to here, or are they going to just you know stick over there and you're going to visit whenever you need to? Yeah, it's going to be up to them. I think I think mm. there is an interest, but they don't really speak English, so they would be a little bored just staying here, staying in the house, and depending on where we live, if we're leaving Arkansas still, when that time comes, they will have to drive around versus, you know, maybe New York City or somewhere. Um, They may be able to walk to places. So it depends. But definitely having that flexibility to sponsor them or to visit them often. You know, distance really isn't the issue if you can make the time for it. And Mm. if you have the financial resources to be there in a timely manner. Because, International flight, if I live in a major city, is what, 12 hours. Sometimes it could be 12 hours before you get on the next plane within the U.S. as well, depending on dates and availability. So distance really isn't an issue. It's about the other resources, time, financials you have to help you get there. In fact, you know, once you have a certain amount of money, it's really just time like how are you spending your time you know how are you cutting your cost down or how are you increasing your income mm. so you have the time that's the most valuable resource got it got it no i love i love the vision i love the passion and i am you know 
manifesting for the for the time, the allowance of time in, in your life and also your family's life. Now, you know, I'd love to dive into just some of the investments now and you know what some of these some of the acquisitions that you guys are taking down. Are y'all mostly investing in Arkansas or are you investing in other places? Yeah, I am fairly open to where we're investing along with my partners. Mm-hmm. I ideally like to stay in the Sun Belt because I live in Arkansas. However, uh, if my partners have interest or knowledge in the particular market, I'm open to it as well. So we've invested in Chesapeake, Virginia. Okay. Uh, that's the market where my partners were familiar with and they were boots on the ground. They have vendors contract. And so I've invested in that area with them as well. Got it. Got it. And okay, this is going to be a kind of a little bit of a side note question. I was always curious in Arkansas, are there a lot of, is there a huge Chinese population over there? It's fairly limited. (laughs) Okay. So, but no, so most of Arkansas is pretty, uh, subjective opinions. It's pretty uh, south and pretty, you know, there is a lower income or uh-huh. you have um, maybe higher crime rate, like certain parts of Little Rock, where the right. capital is. And uh, Northwest Arkansas is kind of its bubble. In fact, we're getting, you know, a lot of institutional investors, investors from California coming here because we'll have major corporations like Walmart, Tyson, J.B. Hunt, Simmons, other headquarters are here, and that's the University of Arkansas. It's really driving a lot of the economy, with Walmart being the lead. And also Amazon starting to open up facilities here. And also, for example, right now, this weekend, we're hosting the U.S. Open for cycling. Um, So it's nature state, a lot of backdrops. So it's attracting a lot of people moving to the space. We have about close to, I think, close to 700,000 people in the MSA. And uh, the medium household income in where I live, Fayetteville, is around uh, 50s, high 50s, close to 60s. And wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, in Bentonville, it's uh, close to 80s. Wow. So you, you have a lot of money pouring into this MSA. You know, if we look at detailed market analysis, they would, they're actually basic jobs. You know, that's a concept in the CISIM course. So a lot of jobs and money has been poured in the space and development. So a lot of investors are coming in as well. So it's a growing great area and fairly safe, suburban type of feel. They're continuing to do more, um, you know, in like uh, things like building art museums and places to eat, drink and dine. Because when you try to move people from California, which, you know, Walmart is trying to do a lot of other places, you got to have a good uh, lifestyle for them as well. Something in between, maybe not exactly like California with the mountains and the beach, but, you know, we have lakes here, we have bike trails here, and um, medium household prices is about $240,000, you know, which compared to California, that's like pennies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you also get uh, some overflow too from... Okay, this is going to be really dumb, and I was—I don't even know if I—if this is close. Do a lot of people from Texas go towards Arkansas as well? Because Arkansas is right next to Texas, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So it's not dumb. Just kidding. Yeah. No, no, it's not dumb. At all. One of the projections is, um, that I personally have for the economy growth for this area is actually based on the growth in Texas, because huh. a lot of people can afford to leave in Dallas for some of the Texas areas. And they actually move to Arkansas. So we get a lot of people moving from Texas. Also, the University of Arkansas, 
they offer in-state tuitions for a lot of the neighboring states, including Texas. And a lot of those graduates, after they graduated, they actually stay in the area as well. So there is a big migration from there. So it's kind of positive relations, if you think about it, um, yeah. in the long run. Obviously, you'll see the relationship like Texas increased 10%, Arkansas increased 10%, but it's lagging behind. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's like right behind. And there's often this just positive influx from Texas going over to Arkansas. And I guess yeah, also yeah. California too. Because yeah. a lot of people from California are going to Texas as well. And so then it's just kind of a whole little cycle. Yes. Huh. Interesting. I got to look into Arkansas then. Huh. Because I've I've never actually had a full-on conversation with people that were investing in Arkansas. But someone from California, I don't know if anybody really, really looked at Arkansas. It's actually uh, consistently rated as the top 10 places to live, usually seventh and eighth place in the U.S. news for the past seven to eight years, I remember. Yeah. Especially Fayetteville because it has a lot more of the trails and nature and but Bentonville is also up there because they're creating more of a family atmosphere but with yeah trails and nature and fine dining and things like that awesome wow so it sounds like it's just going to be an extremely exciting 2022 whether that's going to be in arkansas or virginia or any or any of the sunbelt states and then also with your club as well and i hope that you know the junior achievement group can reach out back to you and respond and you know if people want to learn more about you and get connected with you and you know have a conversation with you how can they do so yeah absolutely so go to my website lifemissioncapital.com where you you can learn more about me and some my contact information as well i also have some ebooks uh, one is about basically the complete guide to invest passively in apartment syndications. And the other one is a bunch of questions that you can ask before you invest in multifamily syndications. No, those are crucial questions as well. So feel free to head there and check uh, check out the website, my resources, and feel free to shoot me a note if you have any questions. Awesome. Uh, and my contact information is uh, me at lifemissioncapital.com. Awesome. And those will also be in the show notes as well. So uh, you don't have to rewind and then you know, write it down again. I'll make sure all of them is in the show notes. Misi, thank you so much for for coming on to the show. Everyone, thank you for listening. Make sure to stay tuned for the next episode coming out in a few days on Friday because that is the Action Items episode. Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah, I I just wanted to, um, I guess, say one thing because you mentioned about this being a topic about anything I should share about encouraging others to get started or invest in multifamily, whether passively or actively. Mm -hmm. I just want to remind people that even though the market is hot right now, you know, everyone needs a place to live and the U.S. population overall is growing and we haven't been building enough since 2010, our crisis in the real estate space. So, so the, the multifamily family is still continuing to go strong. Obviously, it's going to vary by market. So you have to do studies in that space. But once you figure out what your goals are, you know, Taylor and I talked about passive income, real wise that dollar amount, your financial freedom number, then the next best time to invest was yesterday. But but then apart from that, it's today. So take actions on that, whether it's learning or do something about it. I just came off a um, webinar earlier with my club and one of the guests shared something I just wanted to share with others. It's about <clears throat> investing. Investing when you're young is great because you don't have a lot to lose. And as you get older, it's like life insurance. Uh, your premium is going to be higher. 
So right. you're gonna maybe have family, may have kids, may have a lot more expenses. If maybe you've gained so much of your um, net worth, you're afraid of losing it. So start young, start you know, sixty one is better than sixty five, and you know, eighteen is better than twenty one. So start young and uh, as young as you can in that space and continue to learn. So that would be my words of encouragement uh, for people who wants to get started in multifamily. Wow. No, I love those final words of encouragement. And I can't wait to dive into uh, the more of the details and into the weeds of getting started and actually taking action. And that is a perfect lead into to our next episode of taking action. Thank you for sharing, Misi. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I will see you all next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you got any value out of the show, I'd greatly appreciate if you leave a rating and review on iTunes to help others receive that same value. If you're looking to learn more on how to passively invest in apartment buildings or self-storage assets, click on my link in the show notes to learn more. Thanks, and I'll see you next time.